"'Hello,' said the announcer. "'Are you here?' he asked. "'Indeed, you are here, faithfully tuned in to the Paul Leslie Hour,' he continued. "'Yes, you're embracing the art of listening.' We have someone truly great joining us today for his second appearance on this show. And when we think about the greatest country singers, the ones still singing really country songs, inevitably the name Gene Watson comes up. There's just nobody who sings quite like that. It's now been more than 60 years since his debut in the music business, Gene Watson's turning 80, but is he slowing down? Ha <laughs> ha! Well, he's got 80 tour dates scheduled this year in celebration of that milestone. He's also knocked it out of the park with his latest album, Outside the Box, featuring duets with Willie Nelson and Rhonda Vincent. You know, the Paul Leslie Hour is the very definition of independent media. We rely on people just like you. Simply visit www.thepaulleslie.com support and drop a little something in the hat. Oh, you're wearing your hat. Drop a little something in the tip jar. Oh, you've got a beer in your tip jar. Well, drop a little something in, you know, now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to hear your host, Paul E. Leslie, interview one of his absolute favorite country singers, Gene Watson. Let's listen together, the announcer concluded. Hello. Hey, Gene Watson, it's Paul Leslie. How are you? I'm fine, Paul. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing just fine. Thank you. So, uh, are we are we ready to roll? Yeah, I'm driving, but I don't think that'll affect my talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds good, and, and, and that's what counts. <laughs> okay. The last time we did an interview, we were in a noisy background. There was all the, this noisy background. We were backstage in Bremen, Georgia. And so, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, that place is not open anymore. Yeah, I heard about that. I heard about that. But there were some good shows. Yeah, we enjoyed playing there. So I'm imagining you're heading towards your next gig right now? No, I haven't. I'll leave out in the morning. Oh, okay, okay. So what's this like for you to be on this, you know, your 80th birthday and then 80 tour dates this year? Well, first off... <laughs> I'm just so delighted that, that, uh, I've had such success at my age. You know, uh, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of the artists out there that you hear and, and, and I don't have to tell you, you're aware of it too, that, that have really lost a step and, and, uh, and, and don't, you know, they don't sound as good as they used to, just to make it bluntly. I may not sound as good as I used to, but I think I'm, I think I'm still singing pretty good and I'm just thankful that, that I'm able to handle it. You know what I mean? 80 right. years old, 80 dates. I mean, that's not a, a easy step. Yeah, you know, a lot of people might think it's easy in this being a, a life of glitz and glamour. But when you start hitting the road miles and covering the tour dates, you know, well, it, it gets to be, it gets to be quite a hassle. It'll wear you down pretty quick if you're, if you're not careful. 
I can imagine. So tell us from your perspective, when you're up there on stage, having seen you up on stage, it looks to me like you're just, you're completely comfortable there. What's it like from your perspective looking out at the audience? Well, for one thing, so much of my show is the audience, and I try to play to them just like if, you know, if, I mean, they're the reason I'm there, so I try my best to make them as much a part of the show as I can. And and actually, I never plan anything. Or we don't have a, a written-down set list, you know, usually. I mean, unless it's, it, it's something on my schedule. So most everything that I do is off the cuff. I mean, the band... Half the time, they don't know what I'm going to say next, and they only know what song I'm going to do by the way I present it to the people or announce it. And so I'm, I'm about as loose as you can get, And but 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 it, it all goes back to the music. When I get through with the between-song entertainment bit, I go back and I devote every ounce of my talent to making that song sound as, as good or better than I did the show before. Uh, I think the people deserve that, and 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 I put a I put a lot of stock in that. Well, something I've noticed about your fans is you have an especially, at least from my perspective, an especially dedicated fan base. When we had you on the radio back then, I got so many emails from people, and then there have been artists who commented on it. Like I remember talking to a rather young singer-songwriter Randall King, and he came on, and he was saying that you were actually the very first concert that he ever saw in his life. And I've just heard so many enthusiastic, passionate, somewhat emotional responses to what it is that you do. Well, I, you know, I, I appreciate that. Up until, up until probably 18, 20 years ago, I was, uh, I was a, a singer, period. You know, I got out there and I thought I had some great songs and according to the charts and popularity, I did have. So I didn't, I didn't have to lean on anything, but it seems like, you know, I started making the shows and the personal appearances into something that was happy, something that people could enjoy and doing things a little bit different from the way everybody else did. And, and I, I, I was so concerned about making, you know, people laugh and enjoy themselves. Lord knows they've got enough to frown about, you know, and I want them to enjoy themselves as much as I can. So I tried to, I tried to help, you know, the show by kind of putting a little input in it about how I pick my songs, where I get my songs, what was the reasoning behind it and, and the outcome, of course. And all the time being completely honest and tell it telling that, that those those fans are the reason I picked these songs and I picked the songs for them, songs that they can relate to, something that might have happened to them or tell their life story. And, and doing that, you're going to have their undivided attention. I mean, they're going to listen, and I just hope it's in a, in a positive manner, you know. Well, you're touching on something that I've wondered about. How often do you look for new songs, or would you say that it's more like, the the songs that you record they kind of find you they do you know i'm as far as looking for songs i'm i'm looking for songs every day whether i'm going to go in the studio and record you know in the near future or not because a good song is a good song 
and and I'm always on the lookout for a good song. But so many, so many great writers and so many new writers that's up and coming have have lived with my career and know my style and know you know how I how I go about my career. That they've got they've gotten to where they try to write songs for me, songs that they think I would I would pick and and, and record. And I'm so thankful for that. And like again, uh, I say this with the 80 years old in mind too. You know, I know there's there's not going to be some of the greatest writers in the world going to pitch me one of their best songs because let's face it, you know, I'm I'm not I'm probably not going to have another number one charted record. You know, uh, I, and a lot of people say I'm over the hill, and that that may be in in a lot of ways, but I still try to put my my show forward and dedicate it to all of my fans, uh, whether they know how old I am or not. I do the best I can and let them know that I'm doing it especially for them. Well, your latest record, the the one that's out now, Outside the Box, I've been listening to it real close, and there's a name on some, some of the really good songs I had not been aware of previously, but I thought, okay, this is a name to look out for, Aaron Enderlin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> did, did you know that's what she, I was going to say? Yes, I did. <laughs> well, I mean, you're a talented man. You know your business, and I appreciate you for that. You know, you don't you don't call me up and and expect me to do the interview on my own. You know what to ask and everything. And I appreciate that. But Aaron Enderlin is one of those writers that you don't run across every day, and and she has studied me and studied the type of music I do, and. And I'm so proud to say that she's a huge fan of mine and sings my songs in her show and all that. And and I'm just so, so thrilled to have someone that's coming up to the caliber of all of these artists that's written these songs for me in the past. And she's right there. I think you can tell that by listening at what she's written. Absolutely. So on this Outside the Box album, would you say that there was a unifying thought or an idea behind this collection of songs, something that runs through them all? Not necessarily behind the songs, but the thoughts. I named the album before I ever recorded it. I wanted to go back and and do do some of the old songs that, like, lie to me. That was no song that I recorded back in the 70s, and, and I didn't have quite the effect I wanted when we recorded it back then. So I thought I'd go back and try to, try to find it, you know, in this album. And I wanted to do some more songs that most people wouldn't expect me to do. Like the first one we pulled from it was a song that I never get tired of listening at, you know, and, and, and I'm so thankful for the song. If I had any pride left at all, that is such a soulful song and a song that so many of my audience can identify with, even if they're, you know, middle to older age, everybody can identify with that song. And, and you just never tire from listening to it. And I think it had so much Dean Watson soul in it that I guess I inherited from my dad. He was a blues singer, blues guitar player, and harmonica player. And I, I just, I just let that song breathe and I wanted to get it across to the fans. And, and I think we captured it, you know, but I didn't want to get too far away from the traditional country music that I'm known for, if you will, the dance music, the, the ballads, the, the waltzes and all that. And, and like to pick out something so special as the song 
if she only knew that is something that's happening today that just about every everybody can identify with. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, so you, you you take all 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 those attributes, you know, however I may have sounded putting them across, you add them all in there, and it's definitely outside the box because <laughs> a lot a lot of people say, expect well they know when they buy something, uh, you know, a CD or or whatever with my name on it, they they know they're going to get country music, you know, but I wanted to let them know that there's other things, you know, in in my head besides just straight two four 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 waltz, you know. I wanted to, I wanted to put some deep down blues feeling into it. And like I say, I, I'd like to think that we captured it. Yeah, I think you, you did. And, and it is a, a, a country music lovers kind of record. How would you define country music? There have been so many definitions through the years from Harlan Howard, you know, three chords and the truth, uh, the working yeah. man's, music how how do you define it well i just did some of it i think i think country music would be best defined by saying that it's it's something that you can listen to because there is a truthful thought behind it someone's life stories are happening from someone you can listen to it and carry on a conversation you can dance to it because it's usually real danceable and it's it's a way of life Country music is a way of life with me. Hmm. Well, someone who has made country music a way of life for a long time is one of your duet partners on this on this record. There's two duets, but we'll mention this this gentleman since he's got a birthday next month. He'll be turning ninety. You yeah, saying with Willie Nelson, "Wonderful Future." How did that come about? Well, you know, if you want to know the truth. My son found that song, and it had been recorded back in the 70s on one of his albums, and I never had heard it, and I thought I had heard everything that Willie Nelson ever recorded. But my son sent me that one night over my phone, and I listened at it, and I said, wow, how did I miss that song? Well, you know, I, I never figured anything would happen unless it was just me singing it solo, which I would have done. But... You know, after I found this song, just a few days after that, Paula Nelson called me. And I had never met Paula, never talked to her or anything. And she said, you know, you're one of Dad's favorite singers. And I said, no, I didn't know that. She said, you definitely are. And said, I think he would love it if you would give him a call. And I said, well, I don't know how to call him. And she gave me the number. I called him, and he was in Hawaii. And I told him that I just got through talking to Paula and I was going in the studio and we talked about songs and everything. And he was so down to earth and, 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 and everything. And, and he said one, one of his, one of his biggest mistakes that he thought he had made, one of his biggest regrets. And he told Paula this. He said was he got invited to Frank Sinatra's house one night to spend some time with Frank. And he went ahead and, and kept on, went and got on the bus. They went ahead on the tour. And so he missed that. And he said that was one of his biggest regrets. He said the second biggest regret was when he was invited to come over and sing with Gene Watson in the studio. And he went on out on tour and he missed that. And, uh, and, and he told me that himself after, even after Paula did, he, he, he admitted that to me. And I felt so flattered. And I said, well, and this is a, this is, verbatim i said well willie i said one of the greatest things that could ever happen to me would be of course to sing with you 
I said at one time I, I knew everything you had out and, and sung them in, in clubs, the first one thing or another. He said, Well, he said, uh, what would you want to sing? And <laughs> and I've got the text too when he got back with me and he after that he said, What was what we, what was you wanting to sing if you had on? And I said, Wonderful future that you wrote and had on an album back in the seventies. He said, Great. He said, I'm in. And that's all he said. So, I mean, we got to, we got his tracks together and all that. And of course we went in the studio and his was the first tracks I laid down on that song. And I felt so flattered that Willie would, you know, would agree to sing with me. And it's just, we just got through doing the tracks on another song with him the other day, a couple of weeks ago when I was in Nashville. And I'm so thankful that that's, that's two songs that I've got, you know, on, well, um, that, that I've recorded with uh, a duet with Willie, and, and I'm so flattered with that. Well, Gene, just hearing this story, you've planted a big smile on my face. What a great! That's just that's just uh, awesome. <laughs> well, it, so I was cool. I was so I was so flattered by it, Paul. And of course, working all across the all across the country, you know where we work. Rhonda Vincent and I had recorded an album, you know. And, and at first people didn't go for it. They wanted to buy my stuff. They didn't want to get, you know, and vice versa. And well, finally they started listening and everybody started enjoying it. And it seemed like we'd go certain places. People say, when are you, Rhonda Vincent, going to get back in the studio? Well, when I came with this album, I called Rhonda up. And of course I had the song. I've got one of those two that Aaron Enderlin was one of the writers on. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I told her that, that I sure would appreciate if she'd come and sing with me. And, and of course she did, and and I thought it came off so great, and, and that's two bonus tracks that we wanted to add to the to the project and to make it more inviting, and 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 hopefully it did. And I appreciate you know the the chance to get to do this so much, and I'm kind of a laid back type guy, Paul. I I don't I don't seem like it on stage, but I don't talk a whole lot, and so when I get a chance. To do something in, in my book that's gigantic, like recording with Willie, you know, it's something that sticks with me and it's something I'll never forget. It might take a lot of things away from me, but that's one of the things. Well, I'm glad that you mentioned the song. I've got one of those two that you did with Rhonda Vincent. That's one of those songs when, when I heard it the first time, I just thought to myself, now that is a song, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's so country, you know. Yeah, definitely. So it sounds like there's a, there's going to be some more recording, some more uh, another Gene Watson album coming down the pike. Yeah, I I am uh, I'm planning on it. Yeah. <laughs> I guess a lot of people are taking bets. I'm not going to make it to that 80th birthday in October, but I'm covering all bets. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and recording another album is certainly in the work. I've already talked to my producer, Dirk, you know, and, and told him that I'd like I'd like to get back in there as quick as I can because I don't know how long the voice, but, you know, that the voice is going to last. I, I'd sure like to get in there and do as much recording as I can. So even though I don't have a, t- a time or date set up, I'm, I'm looking for the right songs. You know, I don't want just any songs. I want I want the right songs. But yeah, I'm planning on going back in the studio. Well, we have that to look forward to. Something that you mentioned the last time we spoke that I thought that it's kind of stayed with me all this time. You told me you study people. Yeah, <laughs> that's a habit of mine. <laughs> what does that mean? 
Well, I'm a straight up guy. You know, I mean, what you see is what you get. And if you don't like me today, you're not going to like me next week, you know, because I'm, I'm not really apt to change. And, and I watch how people, I watch how people act, how they perform throughout their walks of life. Not necessarily when I'm working, but a lot of people. I'm bad about not remembering names, but I always remember the moves, the actions, and the way people go about their, you know, about the way they do things. And it's just something that, that I'm usually not wrong about. I can pretty well sum a person up by watching them for 15 minutes, you know, and tell you what kind of person that is. And a lot of times I wish I wasn't that way, but I just, I, I love, I admire watching people and the way they do things. And I try to pick songs that convey that. Hmm. Well, oh, that's really interesting. I, I want everybody out there, look at GeneWatsonMusic.com, and there's dates all over the place, Tennessee, Missouri, Georgia, Texas, of course, Kentucky, all the way up to Pennsylvania, Virginia. Check it out, folks, GeneWatsonMusic.com, and also Check out this Outside the Box album. My last question, what is the best thing about being Gene Watson? You've had a chance to sing duets with incredible artists like Rhonda Vincent, Willie Nelson. You've made record after record. You've gotten to sing in front of how many people? What's the best thing? Yeah, You know, I think, I think the best thing about Gene Watson is not necessarily a singer, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm a person. I'm a people person and I treat people like I'd like to be treated. Whether I'm working or in my everyday walk of life, I'm no, I'm no better or, and you can quote me on this anywhere. I'm no better or worse than whoever I'm talking to. And I try to convey that in every way. There's nobody works harder at what they do than I do because every show that I play, I want to play it just a little bit better than the last one. And, you know, as many times as I've sang all those songs, you know, I, I mean, I dream about them and everything else. I've done them so many times. But I've got to make it a little bit better, a little bit more enjoyable than, than it was the show before, you know. But when it all boils down, I'm I'm just a guy. I make my living singing, and, and some other guy might make his living digging a ditch. That don't make me no better than him. Hmm. Wow. Well, Gene Watson, thank you so much for spending time with us here in the hot afternoon. It's well, been great. I appreciate talking to you. And of course your wisdom, you know, of the, of the music business just makes it so much easier to talk to you. And, and I appreciate you taking time out to talk to me. Well, it's my pleasure. And I appreciate you saying that it's very kind of you. Well, anytime you need to talk to Gene Watson, uh, you've got the number. <laughs> oh, bless you. <laughs> All right, sir. All right. Until next time. I appreciate it, Paul. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for stopping by today. If you enjoyed our program, consider telling a friend about it. The Paul Leslie Hour is made possible through people just like you. So you want to keep the show going, right? Go to thepaulleslie.com. That's thepaulleslie.com. Click on Support the Show. And thanks to everyone who contributes. Performance of the intro music is courtesy of John Primerano, The Entertainer, written by Scott Joplin. End credit theme music is courtesy of John Primerano, the traditional song, 
Corina, Corina. Your announcer is Dan Gold. Hey, that's me. The show is hosted and produced by Paul Leslie. And we'll see you next time on the Paul Leslie Hour.